You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and my guest today is R. Christian Minson. And what we're going to talk about today is truly the power of breath, the intersection of breath and emotional wellness, as well as emotional mastery. We're going to talk about breath as a tool for recovering from traumas, from things like infidelity, betrayal, and transcending and overcoming and processing that whole host of negative, stressful, and excruciatingly painful emotions that follow a betrayal. Christian, he is the creator and the founder of Breath Flow Wellness International, and that's an entity that brings the teaching of breath work and emotional mastery to the world. And I really think you are going to get a lot out of today's show. So with that, Welcome to the show, Kristen. It's so nice to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here, and I'm excited that we finally get to do this. Oh, my goodness. Me, too. And, and listeners, this is just like a little bug that I'm putting your, in your ear before we get into the interview. Kristen and I are in the process of creating something for you. We just don't quite have it yet, but <laughs> <laughs> keep that on the horizon because Breathwork is so valuable and so important, and we will be bringing you something very special in the not-too-distant future. So with that, will you tell us a little bit more about breathwork and breath flow, and what is all of this stuff around breath? Well, um, there's, I mean... That's such a huge question to, to begin with, but let's just say that, you know, breath is the foundation of our life. And we've, we come to recognize that when we're born and uh, we're, we come out of the, the womb and they smack us on the butt and we start crying and start breathing. And, and, you know, we know that breath keeps us alive. Uh, and I think that's where most of us have stopped with the importance of breathing, uh, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it is a uh, quintessentially important function to, to stay alive. So, so I think we've thought that that's all that, that breath is really about. But if you, if you dive deeper, our breathing is really the, um, the doorway into multiple dimensions of our being. Physically, as we mentioned, keeping us alive and keeping us energized emotionally, uh, it has, our breath and emotions have a, um, a very intimate link and how we breathe can affect how we feel and can help us to process uh, feelings when we're going through emotionally trying times. And then yet on a spiritual level, our breath has a, a very profound um, uh, ability to take us into higher dimensions of our, our being in consciousness. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. There's so much there. And I think that's kind of why I wanted to start with a question that was so big because breath is so powerful and you're right. We don't tend to think about it. We just breathe. It's, it's, you know, it happens. Our bodies breathe. We don't think about it, but there's so much more there. I wanted to go kind of take a little deeper dive into that connection, that intersection of emotions and breath. Because you're right. I know going through my betrayal process, I was very aware sometimes of my breath that I either wasn't breathing, that I was literally holding my breath as I was learning all of this information, you know, that the D day, the disclosure day, I would be holding my breath. And then the ways that I would cry, the ways that I would process the, the ways that I would hyperventilate it. It was just a really interesting thing to notice. And I was wondering if you could just say more about that, the emotional connection with breath. Yes, most definitely. And this is, this I would say is probably where most of the, the clients that I see and work with come to me because they have some kind of emotional issue um, either something that's happened recently or something often something that's happened recently that triggers the understanding that there's something, some repressed or suppressed uh, emotional trauma from the past. And, uh, you know, the, the way we breathe is different with each emotions that we have. And you were mentioning where you noticing yourself holding your breath and or sometimes we might be breathing very shallowly and, and rapidly. Well, interestingly, those patterns of breathing are induced when we have um, feelings of anxiety, of stress, of fear. You know, the, those kind of emotions bring about that kind of breathing pattern. What's interesting is the reverse is true as well. If we breathe that way, we will induce those emotions. So here's where the, the understanding of breathwork can really help us, especially as you were mentioning, you're going through a, a process of, of uh, um, integrating your feelings around the betrayal. And there's like, there's like stumbling through the forest way to do it. And then there's you know, finding a pathway and, and getting through it as quickly and painlessly as possible. Right. So um, now to, to say, you know, the feelings of wellness, of happiness, of, of peace, you know, those kinds of emotions tend to come with what I call a full, free flowing breath pattern. Now, full, it's not, we, we utilize, or maximize our capacity, free, meaning it's nice and relaxed. And the flowing breath means that we, we keep it moving. We don't find ourselves pausing the breath for for long periods of time. And this, again, if we're feeling happy or, or, or joy or, or, or love and that kind of thing, we naturally breathe this way. And we can, again, induce those feelings by choosing to breathe this way. And again, that's what my uh, practice is really all about, is helping people to get, uh, to work with a full free flowing breath pattern that helps you to integrate the the traumas or the experiences that are the unsavory experiences that you're, you're going through 
and get back on track as quickly and painlessly as possible. I really loved what you said about the stumbling through the forest way versus the <laughs> and going through it. I wrote that down um, because I think that's, that's so profound. And many of the women that I work with have the idea that I have to do it myself. I have to be strong. I have to muscle up. I've got to take care of the kids. I've got to take care of everything. And I've got to do it myself and I don't need help. And it's interesting because there's, it's such, it's such a fine line in order to be strong enough to get through it on your own. You do need the tools such as understanding breath and using your breath. So you can calm your nervous system. So you can get in the prefrontal cortex and start thinking and making rational decisions. And so you can do it yourself. Right, exactly. Well, I would say that there's a couple of things I'd probably say to that. One is that our greatest strength, in my personal opinion, is our ability to be vulnerable. Um, somebody who, you know, if, you, if you're hiding something by trying to stay strong and, you know, I can do it myself getting through, well, that's like an Achilles heel. You know, if somebody finds that vulnerability, you, you can be taken down very easily. Mm-hmm. But when we, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and, and open, then nobody has the power to, uh, to, to poke at us because we, we've already uh, opened ourselves up to, to being exposed and we're comfortable in that space. So on one, you know, one hand, being vulnerable, asking for help, um, uh, being um being open to our feelings and such is, is a very powerful place to be. Yeah. Now, as you're saying then to, to lead to, if you really don't, you know, if you really want to do it all yourself, that is one of the great things about the breath is that it, you know, it is a function, a self-contained function. I call it your, your self-contained portable therapy. Huh. You, know, you can, you, you have it with you anywhere you go, anytime you need it. Any time of day, any place, um, you you can uh, go into the process of of uh, that you know the breath flow technique of breathing and work through whatever emotions are coming up in the in the moment. You can set time aside to go deeper into um, into releasing and integrating um, traumas from the past. Uh, so it it. it it serves on both levels. You know, if you're, you're looking to, to have help, you know, you can um, ask for help from somebody like me, a facilitator of this process to, to help you get on track. And if, if you, um, you know, if you truly want to just do it all yourself, um, then you can learn how to, how to do this. And, and uh, it will take you, a, uh, take you the distance, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Is there an example that you could show listeners right now of how to tune into their breath, how to connect, how, just so they can kind of get an understanding of what this means? Because while I'm familiar with breath work, because I've done some with you, um, I'm sure there's listeners out there too, who are thinking, I breathe every day. I don't get what you mean. Full flowing breath. Yes, here I am. <sighs> yep. It's full. It's free. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Can, can you lead us through an example perhaps? Sure. Well, so when I do this process, I usually recommend that people breathe 
through the mouth and they breathe at a bit faster pace. Um, now, uh, a little caveat here because a lot of people are, are taught you're not supposed to breathe through the mouth. And I'd say in general, in everyday life, you know, we, we should be breathing through the nose. If you're chronically breathing through your mouth, that's not a good thing. And, and then come see somebody like me and we can actually fix that. But if you normally breathe uh, through the nose, breathing through the mouth at different times when you choose is not a, a bad thing. And why we do that is we're trying to process more oxygen and more of the life force energy or what we call prana when we're, when we're working this process. So if um, you, you, know, you can do this along with me and your, your listeners can listen along, put your hands on your belly and imagine that you swallowed a big balloon. So this is, you inhale, that balloon inflates and that balloon is in your belly, right from your pubic bone to your solar plexus, the soft part of your abdomen right there. It should expand on the inhale and as you exhale, just deflates. Inhale, it expands, exhale, deflates. Now notice if, you know, as you're doing this, if you're actually breathing in the chest rather than down into the belly. So this is one of the most vital parts of the whole process is to get that breath down in the belly, what we call a belly breath or a diaphragmatic breath, because we're, we're really learning to utilize the diaphragm, which is the breathing muscle that sits uh, right, right at the bottom of the rib cage. And as we inhale, it contracts and flattens and it pushes out the contents of the belly, uh, which makes it look like the belly is expanding. So the more we can get that diaphragm moving, it's a muscle just like your biceps or your triceps. You know, if you want to go work out and get big muscles, you have to work those, those muscles. So the same way with the diaphragm, if you want a healthy uh, breathing mechanism, we have to exercise that muscle. So to get that breath, to, you know, just to get that breath into the belly, inhaling, making sure that that, that expands. Now, the, that's the full part, you know, and then we bring it all the way up to the, to the top of the chest. Now, the free part is that we really relax the breath. So this is the, the part where, where it'll be a lot different than most people, because what I've found in this world, and especially this Western world, is that we're all control freaks. All right. We all want to control things. We want, and that shows up in our, our breath. In fact, there's a whole side part of my practice, which is called breath analysis or breath assessment, where I look at the way you breathe and can tell a lot of subtle things about what's going on in your life. And one of the easiest things to notice is if you're a control freak or not. <laughs> and, um, and I, I use that word, uh, lovingly because uh, I'll raise my hand and be the first to admit that I'm a control freak as well, you know, but I work on it th the way that I recommend everybody else works on it, which is to relax into the breath. So if we're, if we're controlling the breath, then most certainly we're controlling, we're, we're trying to control other aspects of our lives. When we let go of the breath, um, let the breath start breathing you ultimately that, um, uh, that sets up an ability for you to, I like to say dance with life, right? You, you allow the energy of life to come to you. And instead of trying to control it, you, 
you harness that energy, you, you move with it rather than trying to make it move in a direction that maybe it's not planning to go. So that's really to relax. And, and uh, where, where I recommend focusing on this is on the exhale, because that's the easiest place to let go. We're letting go of the air. So we just let go. Okay, in and then relax, not in and now you mentioned hyperventilating in the opening statements here. If you want to hyperventilate, which I don't recommend, um, you know, but if you blow that exhale, basically you're going to hyperventilate. You're, you are creating a situation where you're expelling too much carbon dioxide. And this is, this is a, something that's new to a lot of people is that we actually need a certain amount of carbon dioxide in our system to maintain a healthy um, balance. And uh, if we exhale out too much carbon dioxide, we get the, uh, the symptoms of hyperventilation. So by relaxing that exhale, we allow ourselves to process um, the breath and the energies that are coming up, but we're not overdoing it. And, and that overdoing it usually comes from control. You know, we're trying to push that breath out or, you know, we're, we're, we're making it go at our pace. So we just want to in. It's hard to do. It's hard to <laughs> that exhale. <laughs> that, and, and that's, um, to the degree that it's difficult is, is the degree that, you know, we have some, um, some uh, work to do, right? And that's, and that's the good news, really, is that becoming aware of this is obviously the first step. And then knowing what we want to do with that is, is the next step. So we're breathing in this full breath. We're exhaling, relaxing um, the free breath. And then the flow is really, as you mentioned also in the beginning, where you found yourself holding the breath for, for periods of time. That's, you know, if we think of breath as life, right? Breath is the process of life. Um, when we're holding our breath, we're actually literally suspending ourselves from life in that moment. And of course, the, the ultimate suspension of life is death, where we no longer breathe forever, mm-hmm. but where we're creating a mini death situation every time we hold our breath unconsciously. So the idea of the flow is to keep the breath going in a rhythmic pulse or a rhythmic flow. In other words, we're not pausing in between the inhaling and the exhaling. We're inhaling and we're immediately letting go. And as soon as we've let go, we immediately re-engage the inhale. And the interesting part to this whole, uh, or the interesting facet to the, this flow part is that from, from things I've studied, it's not the volume of air that we take in, it's not the speed of air we, we take in, but it's actually the, the rhythm, the, a consistent rhythm of air that um, is what will lower cortisol levels, lower stress levels, um, reduce the heart rate, uh, you know, all of these physiological things that allow us to come into a calmer, more relaxed state 
come from us uh, breathing in a rhythm. That's fascinating. There's, there's so much that's really fascinating about that just in general, (laughs) but also when it comes to betrayal, because after an infidelity or after any kind of betrayal, you lose trust. You lose trust in yourself. You lose trust in your partner. You lose trust in the world. You like lose trust with God. You know, you're like, how could you betray me? How could this happen? So that control that comes in, I will no longer let myself be hurt. I will never be in a relationship. I will never be blindsided like this again. And even people who aren't naturally controlling become controlling because Mm -hmm. it's the safety feature. It's that, you know, reflexive reaction and it makes sense. And just what you were doing there, just becoming aware of, Hey, how can, how can I relax my exhale? When you start getting in that phase of, I don't trust anybody. This is awful. I can see how just having that mental cue of relax that exhale can allow you to slowly start unwinding and integrating, you know, not to mention obviously having, having some full breathwork sessions. And, and that's what I want to co-create with you is, you know, a whole breathwork section around recovering from betrayal. So, you know, you couple the formalized work with just that mental cue of relax and exhale. And I can see what a huge change that would make. And then, and sorry, that I just want to put in, that's what I mean by stumbling through the forest versus finding the path and getting through, right? If we're not really aware that what I've said this before in, in, uh, to, to clients and workshops and things that every breath we take is either subtly reinforcing positive emotional habits um, and experiences or negative emotional habits and experiences. So what I mean by that is if we're breathing, you know, if we're breathing in, a, in an unconscious way where we're holding our breath or we're breathing shallow um, consistently and all that, we are reinforcing and inducing those feelings of stress, those feelings of anxiety, those feelings that, you know, make us feel the need to control and the, you know, the need to, to like be on guard and stuff like that. And to the flip side, if we, um, you know, if we are conscious of our breathing and we're, you know, we practice healthy breathing patterns, just like if you're uh, uh, an athlete, you know, you practice, um, you know, the tennis swing that's, that's going to, uh, you know, be most effective or, or whatever your, your sport is, you know, you're going to reinforce the, the unconscious habit of, of healthy emotional integrations. And, you know, my, my um, ultimate goal is that every breath that somebody takes is constantly tweaking their, their state of being towards, you know, healthy, positive, um, um, balanced, emotional uh, well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And same thing when you talked about holding your breath as a mini death, that's so powerful too, because Um, I know it's very common in the betrayal space to have several different disclosure days where your partner tells you about one partner or one incidence. And then a month later, they tell you about something else. And then they call it trickle truth. And I know I had three like very distinct days. One day I found out about one partner. Another day I found out about two other partners. A whole other day I found an email and found out about, you know, yet another group of partners. And in all of those experiences, that was my response 
was to hold my breath because I didn't want to go forward and read the emails. I didn't want to continue this conversation because I knew where it was going. So my body was holding and holding that breath. And it was a mini death. It was like, just pause all this. I can't take it in. And I know so many, for so many of my listeners, so for so many people who go through this, that's what it is. It becomes, you know, a year of information that you don't want to take in. So often too, people who get divorced, they don't want to get divorced. It wasn't their plan. It wasn't their idea, but this thing happened. So, oh my gosh. I mean, I just think so many of us have been holding our breath for like a year and it's really hard to reintegrate. And that's why I love what you said, that every breath either reinforces the negative or it reinforces the positive. And no matter what that, yeah, you can start that process. Right. So let me say this too. When you're holding your breath, basically you're holding in your emotions, right? And, um, you know, I want to take a moment to say, you know, how, you know, I feel for anybody who has to go through what you've gone through. And, and I know there's, there's definitely a lot of people out there who have had this kind of um, very intense emotional experience. And, um, you know, so my heart and my empathy goes out to, to everyone on this. And this is, and what I would say to that, when, when, if you are in that kind of experience or emotional upheaval, it's important to allow your emotions the space to express. And this is where if we're holding back our emotions, we're, we're creating a, a powder keg sort of situation where we're building pressure I usually use the analogy of a pressure cooker that's got a faulty pressure valve. You know, if it's going to, the pressure is going to build and build and eventually something's going to happen. The, the, the unit's going to fritz out or it's going to explode, you know, and neither is, neither is healthy when it comes to our, our human um, uh, bodies and, and emotional nature. So, so the, the understanding of that, that's important to allow your emotions to, to flow and to express. And of course, there's, there's healthy ways to do that. And there's, there's unhealthy ways, uh, less healthy ways, let's say. Um, you know, I usually recommend not letting them flow at somebody uh, in the initial stages, but let, you know, let them be, be expressed. Um, and that's where my work comes in once again, that um, through the breathwork process, there it really gives people a safe container to just let all those, you know, what's the right word? You know, wow. just all those ugly emotions kind of come out and, and just, you know, um, let it, let them all have their space. And once they're out, it's like gas in a bottle. You know, if you pop the cork on the bottle, eventually the gas all comes out and then, then, you, you feel you come to a, um, a stable equilibrium space. Now, it doesn't necessarily all happen at once, you, you know, but the, the process of, of doing this is to, is to let your emotions come up then, because while they're still bottled up, you're not, you're not thinking straight. You're not, um, you're not acting which will ultimately, I'd say, be in, even in your best interest, even though at the time you might feel emotionally that, you know, 
sticking it to somebody or what, whatever is, is going to be in your best interest. Usually acting, acting from that bottled up place of emotions doesn't, doesn't bring a lot of positive uh, resolve to the situation, but to, to deescalate your emotional um, uh, backlog, let's say, and then start to really work with, you know, what is truly in your best interest here and how are you going to navigate forward to, um, to resolve the situation in, in the best way for, for you moving forward. That's what I really, you know, uh, help people to do. Yeah. And I love that term emotional backlog. And again, I just wrote that down. So many betrayal recovery survivors have bitterness that they carry with them forever. And I just want to point out wherever you're at on this journey, whether it's new, whether you're years down the road or somewhere in the middle, it really is never too late to start processing that emotional backlog. And chances are this wasn't your only painful emotional time. And when you start doing breath work, all of a sudden, I mean, you can start processing things that happened that were painful in high school. You know, the mean girl at elementary school, the unfair thing with your parents when you were two. I mean, it's, yes, it's an emotional backlog, but it's not like you're stuck with it and you can process it. And I know I, when I did one of my breathwork sessions with Christian, it was a group of people and you're in your own experience, but people around you start, you know, some people were kind of wailing. Some people, you know, would like move into some, some painful sounds and you just know things are coming up things. Okay. Wow. Somebody released something, but it's all safe. And you can speak to this more clearly than I can, but it's my understanding that it's not that you necessarily have to cognize what it is that's happening. It's just the emotion and it's painful and it's leaving you and that you feel better afterwards. Yeah. What you said is exactly right. A lot of times you don't even know what it is, but, but here's the thing. The, the famous psychotherapist Sigmund Freud once said unexpressed emotions never die. They just reemerge in darker and uglier ways. So so, you know, I use this statement a lot when I'm ex- expressing um, the, the power of breathwork, because if we really get this, basically, we've all had experiences that, that have been unsavory, or, you know, that have been emotionally traumatic and stuff. And for whatever reason, we've held on to those experiences, either we didn't have the capacity to express at the time, or we didn't want to, or it was just too painful, or, you know, whatever the reason we've held on to this energy, um, we've tried to lock it away and say the closets of our consciousness and way back there, we think, all right, it's locked away. We don't have to deal with it anymore. You know, so we go around, but I usually use the, the, uh, analogy. It's like having a backpack on full of rocks. So every time we, um, we lock away one of those emotions, we throw a 10 pound rock in that backpack and then we throw another rock, you know, we lock, we, we uh, lock away another motion. Pretty soon we've got like a hundred pounds of, of rocks in this backpack, you know, and we're, we're pretending like nothing's, you know, like nothing's different, but we wonder why, 
life is so difficult to get through every day? Why, why everything's such a chore? You know, why I'm so tired by the end of the day, or I have no energy, or I've lost focus and fuzzy in the brain. It's because you're carrying around a hundred pounds worth of, of rocks and you're, you're pretending like, not, you know, it, it's not there. So as soon as you start working with the, the breath and start actually accessing, you know, it's like we go in, we unlock the, the, the cabinets that all these emotions are stored in. We let them come up and, and out of us. It's like we take that backpack off and let it uh, fall to the ground. And all of a sudden we're like, wow, I have so much energy. I have so much vitality. I have so much zest for life now. Let's, let's go out there and, and start living again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's not that hard to do. I mean, it, it takes concentration. It takes focus. It takes learning some skills. It takes, you know, working with somebody like you and being aware, but it's not like it's this huge painful process that you have to spend 10 years, you know, in, in therapy, delving into your past and talking about it for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm not knocking therapy. Therapy is phenomenal. It's just, this is another tool and it's so accessible. And this is what I'd say about that. I would, I agree that therapy has its place. There's, and, but I would say this, if you've spent 10 years in therapy, you're not, you haven't gotten anywhere. Yes. I mean, therapy to me, a therapy and what I do is a therapy, but I ha I do an energetic therapy, yes. general therapy, you know, cognitive therapies that, that, that are common out there basically address the issue from the mind, from the intellect. But there's two components to any trauma. There's the mental component, but then there's also the energetic component, what we call the cellular memory. The energy of these traumas are locked in your cells and no amount of, of mental therapy is going to get at that energy, at that locked up energy. So we can, we can come to terms with things. It's like if you got in a car crash, and you know you you couldn't get back into a car, and so you went to a, a therapist, and you talked it through, and you got you got to the point where you mentally were able to get back in the car. But every time another car comes close or something, you you have this knee jerk reaction of, of tensing up, and and you know um, that's because that energy of of the original car crash trauma is still in you, and not until you process that energy. Are you fully uh, back to a, a, an equilibrium or a healed place? And again, so that's what this work is doing is really diving in and accessing the energy locked up in the cells, getting, you know, prying your grip out, off of those, that energy, letting it come up, letting it come out and integrate so yeah. that you can feel more relaxed and, and, and able to get back into life situations again, without that hesitation that, that maybe you felt yeah. from that trauma. Yeah. And two things around that. One thing I hear from the woman that I work with is like that. I'm never going to love again. I am never going to open myself up to that. Well, that's that cellular trauma. That's that energy. Life is long and you, everybody needs love and deserves love and wants love. And, and that's something that this can help heal. And similarly too, I've had a lot of people ask me, how can you stand to be in this infidelity space? It was the worst thing that ever happened to you. So why are you 
working with people? Why do you run a support group? Why are you talking about it? Aren't you triggered all the time? No, because I've processed it because I've done that energetic release. I figured it out cognitively, which is important. And now I've released it energetically. Now, of course, I'm also human. There will be a time, you know, sometimes I will hear something and I'll go, oh my gosh. But then I have those tools to know, hey, that triggered me. Let's figure it out intellectually. Now let's figure it out energetically and wash that away, release it, process it, let it flow. And that's a very beautiful statement because here's the reality of life is, you know, we're, we're not going to do whatever therapy, whatever breath work, whatever, what, whatever, and then finally get to a place where we can sit on the couch and eat potato chips and say, I'm good. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, uh, I figured out life or, or what have you. Life has a way of, of throwing something new into the mix or, you know, rekindling a little piece of what hasn't been fully healed yet and, and, and bringing that back up. And, and so what you said is, is so vital because life is an organic, ever-evolving process, and we need tools to help us move through that process rather than think that we've, we're fixed and now we're, we, we've got, you know, uh, we've got it all figured out and we can move forward from there. You know, we're, we're constantly shifting and it's like a sailboat tacks back and forth, right? There's not like, doesn't go down a straight line, but it, it, it gets a little off course and it tacks back, you know, and gets a little mm-hmm. off course, but in that tacking back and forth, it gets to its destination. Yeah. And so, so we are, you know, we're looking for the, the perfect life down at the, the you know, the end of the, the trail here but it, it doesn't come with a straight and narrow trail. We, we, we kind of go back and forth and to know, you know, to have the, the tools and the techniques and the, the processes to help us to navigate is really, you know, what my work is all about, the, uh, my philosophy and strongly believe that, you know, that um, we are dynamically in process all the time. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to, depress people it's to empower people to say yes when we when we understand that we have the tools to to navigate life versus i mean if you don't understand that it's like you know you're going over the falls and you're pretending like the falls aren't there no i'm just gonna you know you're gonna go over whether you you believe you are or not but if you if you have the tools to to navigate that you can do that in a way that's that, that ultimately you can come out smelling like roses. So yeah. And that goes back to earlier when you were talking about control, because of course we all want control. And that's again, something that comes up often in this work. If I go back to my cheating spouse, how do I know they won't do it again? How can you guarantee they won't do it again? You, you can't like mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, <laughs> there is no control. You can't guarantee anything. And it's an and, and once you have the tools, you can start dealing with it if something does happen. And then that fear goes down. I'm not afraid that certain things will happen. I'm not afraid that I'll never find love. I'm not afraid that, you know, he'll do it again. I'm so then I don't have to exhibit as much control because I'm more confident because I have the tools, which then energetically 
probably gives you a better life anyway, because you're seeking the positive and you're feeling calm and stable instead of living life from that defensive posture that I have to control everything around me. And Oh God, I hope this doesn't happen. Well, yeah. And that that's great. Just think whatever posture you are, you are meeting life is how life is going to meet you. So if you are defensive and you're like always on guard, uh, you know, life will deal you things to be on guard about. And if you are more open and, and, um, and receptive to life, life will uh, give you opportunities to, to, to be more open and receptive. Um, that one point that comes up as we're talking here is that, you know, I'd say one of the, the foundational tenets of, of my work and I'd say of emotional mastery is really, it's not about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling, right? It's not about feeling yeah. better. It's about getting better at feeling. And this statement came from uh, a mentor of mine, Michael Brown, who wrote the, the Presence Process, um, amazing book. But the idea here is that we're always seeking to be you know, happy and, and joyous and peaceful and all this. And we want, you know, we, when sadness comes our way or, or trials and tribulations and all that, we, we try to run from those and we try to hold on to our, our happiness at all costs. And, and so that even starts to compromise our happiness because when we're happy, we're always looking over our shoulder as like, what's going to take this away? But when we can get better at feeling, we're basically learning how to have a relationship with all of our emotional states and recognizing that sadness has value, that, that um, anger has value as much as happiness and, and peace have value, you know? So um, at when we, when we start to develop this harmonious relationship with all our emotional states, it, it allows us to drop that need for control because now we're not, what we're controlling is trying to keep the sadness away or trying to keep the, you know, the fears away. But if, if sadness is coming our way, we're like, yeah, come on in. You know, right. it comes in and it's like, well, I don't need to stay here very long because nobody's really getting activated by me. And it, it, it comes and it goes, you know, um, that to me is really uh, uh, the elements of emotional mastery. I love that because it is, it's, it's breathing in the sadness because if you're going to inhale, you're also going to exhale. So it all ties together. I'll breathe in the rage. I'll breathe in the sadness. I'll breathe in the grief. And then only then when I breathe in fully, am I able to let it go also? And, and that's, and that's it because if it comes in and you don't acknowledge it, you're holding on to it, right? You're storing it. You're putting another rock in your backpack and then pretending it's not there, but it's going to affect your life in a darker and uglier way somewhere down the line, if not immediately in the future. Oh yeah. And I love how you say somewhere down the line because so many diseases, you know, autoimmune diseases, pain, just joint pain. I mean, so many things truly are caused by us holding on to negative emotions. That's such a, such a, a powerful thing, a powerful statement, because I've had clients who, you know, one of my earliest clients, I remember so vividly had a shoulder pain. I said, well, what, what if on a scale of one to 10, how much is it? 10. We went through one breathwork session. And by the end of that session, uh, she said, wow, my shoulder pain went from a 10 to a two. Wow. Uh, and 
and I said, that's phenomenal. We didn't touch her shoulder during the whole process, right? It wasn't, there was nothing to do. But if, if you think about what does holding really mean? Holding means that we're contracted. We are, you know, uh, uh, if this emotional energy is in our bodies, our bodies actually have to contract to hold that energy and different emotions will be held in different parts of the body. And if, it's, if, if we hold on to those emotions for long enough, it becomes a chronic pain sort of situation. So if you've got chronic back pain or chronic shoulder pain or chronic any kind of pain, that's especially not traced back to any kind of accidents or, or some kind of physical uh, experience, then right. very likely you've been holding emotions and you, you've just been gripping those emotions so physically tightly that that is causing this pain. But the good news is as soon as you start to allow those emotions to flow, which is why it's so important to allow yourself to feel your feelings, that pain can disappear in at, as if, uh, I love this statement, like you walk into a dark room that may have been dark for 10 years, but as soon as you flip on the light switch, the darkness vanishes as though it had never been, yes. right? It's like, as soon as we let ourselves release those emotions, that pain disappears as if it had never been there because we finally relax and let go and our muscles don't have to be on high tense alert anymore. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Just phenomenal. So there's, there's just like so many other places that I want to go. And I look forward to co-creating our workshop together because I know all listeners just keep you're on my page anyway, <laughs> stay on my list, stay on Kristen's list. You'll be able to, um, get the information on that soon. But in the meantime, where can people learn more about you and some of your offerings that you have coming up right away? Where people can, can, uh, learn about me, probably the best place to go is my website, which is breathflow.com, the flow of the breath, breathflow.com. Uh, there, you know, I've got an events tab, which um, tells you what things I do online events. I do live events. Um, of course, live events are currently in Colorado. Um, and uh, um, then I've got a number of courses and things that, that are, you know, at home. Uh, one of the things I really like to, we talked in the beginning about people who want to do it themselves. And so if you really want to do it yourself, I have um, what I call inhale life. Uh, breath flow home study course, which will, you know, teach you in 12 modules, all the ins and outs of, of taking this full free flowing breath, and then has a guided breath session, a full, uh, well, it's got two guided sessions. One is a, a daily five minute practice, what I call the five minute joy jumpstart. And then a longer, more like a 50 minute session, which is, is typically 50 minutes to an hour when I'm doing a, a more therapeutic session. So people can, can take that and do it on their own as, as often. And I recommend doing it as often as you, you can and, uh, and help start to process those, uh, those energies. The other uh, course it's uh, I've got coming up, um, Another round coming up in mid-March is what I call the 21-Day Emotional Mastery Challenge. And this, I'd say for anybody who's, who's dealing with the emotions of betrayal and, um, 
any emotional issues that that we have really. This is a great course because it, it um, over 21 days, it takes 21 different approaches to really um, unraveling and, and helping us get a better handle on our emotions and, and uh, you know, to ultimately get better at feeling, as we say. And the, the caveat to that, that statement that I said earlier about it's not, not about feeling better, but it's about getting better at feeling, is that when we do get better at feeling, ultimately, we do feel better. So, so we kind of get both when we go that route. Yeah. But, um, but that emotional mastery challenge is a, a very, um, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people uh, about that to, um, uh, for helping them move through some of these more trying experiences in life. Yeah. And I love that. And I highly recommend you check that out because this betrayal recovery journey is a long one. It's not just, oh yeah, I found it out and I processed it. It's all fine. There's so much untangling. There's untangling from the past, the present, the future that you thought you had. There's all these ups and downs and it is a process. And when we can become masters at feeling our emotions, Yes. It's not that it's going to prevent them from happening. It's not a spiritual bypass that, oh yes, everything is wonderful. It's allowing us tools to cope, tools to feel. So at the end of the day, we are healthy, whole, complete, (laughs) pain-free, happy, and we can create the kind of life that we want. Thank you so much for being here, Christian. Um, I highly recommend all of his services and I cannot wait for this next event that we create together. Listeners, I hope you got a lot out of today's show and it gave you a lot to think about. Thank you so much, Christian, for all of that information. It was truly transformative and it's something that I really think is going to help um, all of you listeners, whether it's in your betrayal recovery journey or any other kind of emotionally traumatic experience. As usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love? You are not alone, and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see know and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. 
No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything, life choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to nakedselfworth.com and download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past, reclaim your sexy, and start re-choreographing life on your own terms so you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.